Welcome to the Vanica Customer Advisory Board podcast series. And so uh, I'm your host today, B.D. Snow, with Shelly D'Antonio here from Vanica. Hello, hello. And we have with us Evelyn Dufford from Association Services of Washington. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank yeah. you for having me. And thank you for coming down to join us in sunny Wilmington and mm-hmm. uh, being just being a part of our customer advisory board. It's really been a pleasure having you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that you brought the sun out for me. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of change of pace, huh? A lot of change of pace. It's been nice being able to walk around without a jacket and a hood. Yeah, so Evelyn is from Puyallup? Puyallup. Puyallup. Help me out here. Yeah. One more time. Puyallup. Puyallup. Here you go. Okay. got it. Yeah. And whereabout is that in Washington? It's a bedroom community to Tacoma, Washington. So we are east of Tacoma and south of Seattle. So nice nice little uh, commuter community. So a lot of the... HOAs that we work with are single family. Okay. Mm. Um, but they're starting to get into the townhome type condos. We call them airspace. So it's kind of a new design for them out there. The okay. idea of condo living is new and exciting for a lot of first time <laughs> home buyers. What do you think is drawing people to the condo lifestyle? Uh, we are seeing two divides. One is the older generation that doesn't want to do the home maintenance. Mm-hmm. And then we also have the younger professionals who are either doing a lot of commuting prior to the pandemic mm-hmm. um, and don't want to take care of a home. They want to work hard and play hard. So, mm-hmm. you know, the idea of less maintenance, but also less involvement in, right. the, yeah. in the community. So as a commuter community, commuter community, that's a mouthful as well, outside, yeah. of, outside of Seattle, is you, have you seen like the pandemic adversely affecting the development of those condo communities because that's been a component or is that still kind of be consistent, you think? I, I think it's uh, very similar to what I'm hearing my colleagues about the building and the developing. It's like it, it's stymied for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just now it's starting to pick back up with the building, but... Um, yeah, the, it, it kind of changed the perspective of who's home during the day mm-hmm. and right. what's happening and totally. who we're hearing from. So mm-hmm. a lot less board meetings while they're on the commuter train. Mm-hmm. So, gotcha. But we're able to bring the, the meetings to a more reasonable time. We're not starting at 7 o'clock anymore. So that's right. always nice for the managers. Yeah. yeah. So are all of your meetings remote now? <clears throat> yes. Okay. We are going to try and keep remote and, as and much keep it as possible. Well. Yeah. Okay. Our office has been closed. Um, we will open up on request for an in-person meeting, but generally we're we're going to stay closed. Do you get many of those requests? Once in a while, and it's yeah. it's really unique situations where mm-hmm. somebody needs to feel they need that in-person to mm-hmm. walk through a ledger or a collection issue. Mm-hmm. Um, that's mostly what we see. Okay. And then, you know, your one-offs, the board member who really needs to talk to you mm-hmm. about nothing significant. But, you know, they really need to talk to you. So. Therapy. Yeah. Therapy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Could be. One of the many services you provide. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So that's one of the things that we haven't asked you is how did you get into yeah. this uh-huh. crazy industry that we're in? Yeah. So wonderful world of HOAs. Yeah. Um, I started working as a bookkeeper uh, for a developer, um, and they had the land, they developed it, created HOAs. Well, 
I decided to go get my CPA. I was in school when okay. I was hired by them. And so once I sat for the exam and passed, I said, well, I'm going to go start my own firm. And they said, well, be your biggest client. So here's a bunch of HOAs. It's just money in, money out. Um, so that's how I got into it. Okay. But, uh, so hmm. being that you're a CPA, I have an intrig- or, or something I'm very curious about. When I first started learning about HOAs, one of the biggest things that, that people used to say is, you know, you have high volume deposits at very low risk. Like it's a low risk financial, um, as far as like your financial accounts and savings accounts and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then I've recently heard of um, a board story where the board decided that they wanted to put their $200,000 reserve account into the stock market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your reaction to that? How like, what or and or what would your response or, or be, advice to that board be? I would be horrified, <laughs> um, and probably resign the account if they chose not to follow our, our counsel. We we've seen a couple of boards want to put them into mutual funds, but mm-hmm. it's like mutual funds of B and C grade bonds, mm-hmm. which in so after I started my CPA firm, I got tired of telling people that they owed taxes. So I went to be a stockbroker. Okay. <laughs> uh, Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. And then I left the industry right after 9-11 because oh. I couldn't make a living. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate to have the person who bought the HOA side of the business say, come on back. Let's blow this thing up. So mm-hmm. that's so, – so having the C- – the, stockbroker background and knowing to look for the grade of the bonds, the lower the grade of the bonds, they tend to trade more like stocks. Mm-hmm. So right. they're just as volatile. Right. Yeah. So we had we had we inherited that and we eventually got them to understand the risk behind it. But yeah. It's crazy some of the ideas these board members have yeah. about what to do with all these monies and <laughs> <laughs> First of all, it's not that much. And second of all, it's not yours. So. No. Well, and that kind of brings that whole topic to light of like reserve funding and mm-hmm. you know, yeah. reserve studies and how boards approach or maybe don't approach saving for those types of expenditures. Yeah. What type of guidance do you provide boards? Like do you come in and require reserve <laughs> studies or what does that look like for you? We, d- we don't require them. The state of Washington has recently, um, I would say recently, five years ago, um, put into place a law that talked about requiring them with certain exceptions. So mm-hmm. you can have, um, if you're too small or you can't afford it, which can be a big caveat. Um, but we jumped on the bandwagon of really this is a planning tool. And if you don't want to stay on the board for 30 years for that continuity, mm. this is a tool that you can pass along to your future board members to say, we really have a great idea of what that funding's going to look like. And it's a pay-as-you-go. Just because you're here in year one and you don't need to pave the roads, you're still going to pay for a portion of that paving 10 years from now sure, right. or 20 years from now. So we, we talk about that as being part of the duty of a good community member is to pay as you go and participate in things that are going to happen down the road. So Right. Gotcha. Totally. Yeah. Do you feel like um, your boards are pretty well educated when they come 
um, when they they get to be a board member about how financials work for an association or what do you do to to kind of handle that education? Yeah, so my my staff um, gets pretty heavy educated on how financials work and what what they're saying. So they're really good at um, explaining them. Um, Got different styles. I've got one manager who will put in the PDF the little sticky notes Mm -hmm. and put the whys in there. Um, I've got another staff member who will bury a Starbucks gift card in the (laughs) financials. And if you're the first one to call her, she'll give you a Starbucks card. So, you know, really creative ways. But um, one one of the things we've done is we've created a dashboard, do a pictorial representation of the financials because people see the numbers and it's math automatically mm-hmm. it's no but if we can reduce it to a picture it seems to be less intimidating to be able to say you know the green line is your expenses the red line is your budget keep your green line below the red line right seems okay. to work <laughs> good really breaking it down yeah yeah, yeah. I like yeah. that it's well it's fun. just such a huge challenge in the industry, right, is just that education piece and helping folks understand, like you you mentioned, like there's these fiduciary responsibilities and Mm -hmm. how can you properly execute on those unless you really understand what's going on? Yeah. I think uh, uh, a lot of the board members hire management companies with the idea that we're just going to take it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Could you just do it? Mm -hmm. Just tell me what I need to, but don't tell me too, too much. Just... You guys just do it. Figure mm-hmm. it out. Just do it. <laughs> Call yeah. me when the meeting is, you know. Right. <laughs> I don't want to make any decisions. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. So. Gotcha. So I have to ask, I hear you've got this book in yeah. your office yes. with a special title, and I'm, I'm curious as to what this is. Yeah. yeah. So we have a collection over the last 20 years of unique and sometimes comical situations. We call the book a Komatsu can't make this stuff up. (laughs) (laughs) And so when we get um, unique situations, we've had everything from, uh, we had a community that was having a problem with parking. And so people were parking all over the streets and the board's like having us tow in the middle of the night. And so we had this one person who would, their driveway was longer than it was wide so they would park the cars sideways and stack them in. And it's like, I don't see the tire marks. I'm not quite sure how they're getting them in, oh, but they wow. would stack four cars along their driveway sideways. Hmm. So we got pictures <laughs> of that. We brought, the staff brought pictures back. It's like, is this a violation or not? It's like, yeah. <laughs> the car's in the driveway. Exactly. But. And you can't see the tire tracks through the lawn, so the lawn's okay. Okay, and I was like, look, I'm going to reward them for being creative and not causing a nuisance. Mm -hmm. We're just going to leave that. Another one we have is um, we had an observatory get inadvertently approved on an ACC because it was (laughs) just, uh, or I guess some people call it an ACR. ARC. So Architectural Controller, Architectural Review. Yeah. um, So when they put the paperwork in, there was just this circle on the 
map of the lot and mm -hmm. the building showing this is what we're going to do. We're going to add a story here. And there was a circle. Lo and behold, it's an observatory. So it's third story of a house in little old oh, suburb wow. of Puyallup and didn't go over well, but. So it got approved <laughs> inadvertently, and then inadvertently because they didn't ask questions about that circle. What's that circle? What does that circle mm -hmm. really mean? And mm -hmm. it wasn't labeled. I mean, it, oh, was, wow. it was a little dicey there for a while. But so what happened? Were they did they move forward with building or did that? Well, yeah, it was going up, and the board's like, "Wait a minute, we didn't approve." Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what that circle is. But yeah, yeah it went up. What do you do in a situation like that? Because now you have precedent in the neighborhood yeah. for yeah. that. If, if you know, the next door neighbor wants to come put up another observatory. Um, what did your board do in that situation or what did you advise them? Yeah, well, we ended up getting an attorney involved mm -hmm. to say, you know, what's, what's the correct thing to do? Because the board did approve it, mm -hmm. not knowing. And there was some back and forth finger pointing. But, um, yeah, the I don't have to worry about the rest of the neighborhood because they were pretty much mortified that, <laughs> that the observatory went in. Yeah. Yeah. Just so. in disbelief. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of a cons conservative mm -hmm. community anyway. So, mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm curious. So you kind of just hit on a, a, a little topic there, right? Like that interaction between board members and homeowners mm -hmm. and maybe like mediating disputes between those, those various parties, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, is that something you're finding you're having to constantly do, or is that really just only come up in certain, like, scenarios? Like, is that something that you guys are proactively approaching, like, hey, boards, this is how we interact with homeowners, or what does that look like? Yeah, I, I think my staff does a really good job of um, trying to keep the tone of, look, we're here um, to guide you, but you need to be reasonable, and our job is not to poke the membership. We're not going to go stir things up. We represent three entities here as a as a management company we're going to we're going to advocate for the member we're going to advocate for the board and then we're going to advocate for the association as an entity itself so depending on the situation we're going to take all three of those perspectives into mm -hmm. view mm -hmm. when we're talking to you so you know with the pandemic and the unknowns and payments what are we going to do with late fees? Mm -hmm. yeah. And this was a conversation before the state of Washington stepped in and said, moratorium, right. not going to happen. Um, but it was having those conversations about we need, we're neighbors, we need to be reasonable. But we also need to think about what's in the best interest of the association. Mm -hmm. so. so curious there, because you kind of hit on another little trend, like how receivables have been impacted by, you know, the events of the last few years. What are you seeing there? We have been very fortunate. Yeah. Our receivables didn't get too sideways at all. That's awesome. That's great. And most of the boards, there was a couple extenuating circumstances. Um, and we just, you know, kind of do as best we can and be reasonable and ask for communication back from the member mm -hmm. about what's going on. Right. Yeah. So it's a nice that you were able to not have like a, a, a drop in your receivable so your associations aren't really getting into too much trouble. But did you notice any changes in how people were making their payments due to the pandemic? Um, or do you feel like that was pretty par for the course? Pretty par for the course. Okay. I mean, we pushed out um, thanks to 
to your advice about putting a little note in there about we'd appreciate not having paper mm -hmm. payments come through the office. Um, but no, I think it's so no challenges. Not really. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, we've been very curious to see like some trends in digital adoption, and uh -huh. I think a lot of that kind of falls along like maybe different geographic lines, demographics, and different markets. So, mm -hmm. you know, we've been curious mm -hmm. on, like what you all have been seeing there, especially yeah. just you're in a very like tech centric area, yeah, right? Yeah. So I would assume just for as an outside observer that a lot of your boards and homeowners and that sort of thing would be quicker to adopt some of these different technological advancements. Is that a fair? assessment or we certainly have communities that are very um tech savvy, tech savvy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're a little younger crowd and our adoption of the portal use or the electronic payments is really high in those communities but we have some 55 plus communities that still want to drive and drop their check off to sure. us just to say yeah. hi smile and face yeah yeah absolutely hmm. so you still have people in the <clears throat> office in like a reception type role to deal with and interact with the homeowners that are coming in at this point. Yeah, we awesome. We slide the window, the shade on the window and go, hi, oh, use the drop box because we're really not open, <laughs> but thanks. See gotcha. you next month. <laughs> nice. So they still have a smiling face there. That's interesting. Yeah. A lot of yeah. folks are just closing the offices down saying, hey, right. our offices are closed. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that's something you considered, but. Yeah. We're, we had, um, yeah, we had. We still have paper coming through the office, so we needed to have staff there. We still have a large amount of mail. We do our payables in-house, so we still had that coming mm -hmm. that we needed to deal with. So we kind of did a hybrid schedule, rotate in and out of the office, but we've been open all the entire time. Good. And I think we shut, we did have a close call with one of our staff mm -hmm. members, so we shut the office down for four days for a deep clean. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, other than that, we've been in snow. Other than that, yeah, we've been there. That's pretty successful, then. I that think. is very successful. Because yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of companies that that we're talking to haven't gone back to office yet, and really kind of learning how to adopt. And would do you think that that had an impact on your culture, being that you guys were able to stay in office versus having to go remote? I think there's there's a bit of a divide between our managers and our support staff, our support staff didn't have the option. Mm -hmm. So they were coming in and, and we did build some nice culture there. And after having the conversation after the fact, after COVID, looking back, there was a lot of conversation about mental health mm -hmm. and how they really appreciated having someone to share this experience with in the office where our managers were a little bit more isolated. There's some that wanted to come back as soon as they felt comfortable. And I still have one or two that would prefer never to come back. Sure. Mm -hmm. But thank God for technology and everybody now knows how to host a Zoom meeting. <laughs> so. <laughs> We're working through it. Yeah. Um, so you, um, you mentioned mental health and that was a conversation that you guys were having. Mm -hmm. Just in our industry, we've talked a lot about, you know, it's very stressful and people are always like after you and, you know, like, Association management companies are the big, ugly. What types of things do you do to facilitate good mental health conversations in, in the office and help your, your employees kind of deal with that stress level? Yeah. I think we've had some sidebar conversations about mental health. Mm -hmm. We try to be very open to m mental health days. Mm -hmm. um, 
when staff just need a break. Um, but we like to laugh a lot. We like to eat a lot. Mm -hmm. We, you know, try and have some fun. Um, but one of the things that we've noticed that's been really concerning is the mental health of our members. Mm. And we've had a couple of really horrible situations with mental, with someone having mental health crisis and having to deal with that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the whole idea that our managers are part attorney, part accountant, part guidance counselor, part consultant, mm -hmm. part referee, and now we're putting a mental health crisis worker on top of that, it was really difficult for me as an owner to watch my staff go through that. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah. Yeah, it brought me to tears. I am blessed with having some really good friends, and one of them was a lecturer for the University of Washington um, social work department. Okay. So we got her on the phone and going, help us navigate what's going on. And it was about mm -hmm. the same time that they were talking about defunding the police, mm. bringing, bringing in other mental health crisis workers to help the police. So... Mm -hmm there was some education around who should be the first phone call, who should be calling. Mm -hmm. It's not the management company. They, she basically said the, it's the squeaky wheel, so get as many members as possible to call. And if it is a crisis, it's 911. Mm -hmm. Whether they want to deal with it or not, here's some things that you need to be aware of. I'm in danger. They're endangering themselves and I need help now. So kind of worked through that and, yeah. and got that message out there. That Yeah, that's hard situations, yeah. and it's unfortunate that your people had to deal with that. But that is good information to have if yeah. you are in, in a bad situation. Um, I know, thankfully, it was never something I had to deal with, but we worked with a company um, where their board members required building security to walk them to their parking decks mm -hmm. because it was oh. such an adverse board. Ooh. They used to have to have police security at their... Um, at their board meetings. Wow. And it's just when you get that kind of conflict because, you know, we're all neighbors at the end of the day. And right. so you really want to have a good neighborly relationship. Um, so it is important to know, like, what some of those security things are. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a rough road, but I think we've got, gotten past that particular one. Good. Now we've had another one pop up. but What's going on? It just their behaviors out of bounds and mm. starting to endanger the membership and yeah mm. well to that point that's nothing that's unique i'd say to your neck of the woods i mean we see that all over the country i feel like so many folks could value from that focus on mental health and how to approach those types of situations because mm -hmm. yeah. um, as you say like they're wearing so many hats and like how mm -hmm. can you expect a manager who's put in a tough emotional situation to have like the right thing to say to respond right. that then doesn't inflame the situation and right other than, they shouldn't be in that position to begin with but right. they are you know, which i think really speaks to the quality of people and the type of people you see in this industry that they just take it on mm -hmm. and now it's my problem to Ag deal with that says so much agreed i mean the I am blessed with a wonderful staff, and they all have their forte um, between, you know, being able to ha and handle those conflicts or those calls coming in to a building specialist who can do a walkthrough and pick out here, we've got a problem here and here and here, and we really need to get some specialists in there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but, yeah. 
Well, I love my staff. <laughs> you have a good one for sure. I was yeah. going to say, you have a good one for sure. Kind of, um, I guess, verging off into that, that concept of specialists. So something that's unique that you've done as a company is you actually started a company to handle back-end accounting for other management companies. Why don't yeah. you tell us about that? So we were seeing a need for small HOA help on the backside. Nobody wants to touch the money, and it's not always they don't always have the skill to do it mm-hmm. on the right. backside. So we opened up this little HOA office. We do all the back stuff. And so as we were starting to talk with some of our partner vendors, they're like, hey, would you ever consider doing it for a management company? Well, sure. Why not? So we ventured into the realm, and we've just had a blast learning how to do it. Um, have been working with um, companies across the country in California and Baltimore and it's really interesting to see how we all do the same thing so differently which I'm sure For you sure. all totally. see oh, yeah. all the time but it was it was kind of fun to see that creativity mm-hmm. of workflow um, what what do you think is um like is is there anything that pops to your mind of wow I thought I saw all the different ways you could do this thing <laughs> and then Look at the way they're doing this thing. Yeah. Um, well, financials for the financial um, delivery. Mm. So the another unique thing about our office is since I'm a CPA, I've taught my staff about the financials. So we don't have mm-hmm. a, an accounting department. They're integrated into that whole process. So our financial delivery is run the reports, approve the reports, post the reports. There's not getting into it and watching, having a third party myself being a part of that. Mm-hmm. Let's produce it. Let's review it. Let's close the period. Let's now get it to the manager. Now let's get it back to the accountant. Now let's post it all. So that mm-hmm. was really unique to, to think, and it made me stop. Um, and, and once again realize how blessed I am with my staff. So. <laughs> I'll be honest yeah. with you. When, when I walk into other clients' offices and say, yeah, there are, I guess, oh, let me, so let me back up. First of all, <laughs> going back to that financial piece, right? That is such a key conversation in setting mm-hmm. up management companies for success is that financial, like you have contracted delivery dates, right? You got to hit that yes. date. Right. So yes. it's critically important. We make sure that process works for the management company. And so we always get into these discussions on, well, who should be posting the financials? Should it be the accountant? Should it be the manager, right? right? And the majority of management companies we walk into say, there's no way I want my manager doing this, right? Manager can't trust be trusted manager. for that. Manager cannot be trusted to do that. <laughs> so then I say, well, you know, you'd be surprised. We've got Evelyn mm-hmm. and Shirley up there in Washington. Their managers do their financials and yeah. their jaws drop. Yeah. Their jaws drop. I would say, yeah. like, I probably met less than five management companies that their managers play as active of a role right. in their financial production. So I'd, I'd be curious as to, if you're speaking to those folks that don't do it that way, help us help paint that picture of why you see that as so beneficial to the way you do things. Sure. So mm-hmm. part of it is if you think about the three bucketed areas in which we spend most of our time, it's compliance, it's building maintenance, and it's money. And that money piece is huge. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. We're talking millions of dollars here. And if I'm putting a volunteer board in place to manage that money, and I don't have a manager who's comfortable reading those reports, 
there's no communication there. Mm. How can we advise the board if we don't understand the financials? Mm. So my idea was, we're going to teach you this is a balance sheet. This is what it tells you. Here's your income statement. This is what it tells you, and everything else behind that supports it. So if you're talking reserve, and there's $2.57 there, and you need new roofs. <laughs> there's a problem. There's a problem. There's a big problem. It's called a special assessment. It is called a special <laughs> assessment. And, yeah, it's difficult, and it's conflict. But um, the piece that really benefits my managers, and I think my communities as well, is because the managers is in at such a level, when they go to a board meeting, they don't have to say, let me ask mm. accounting. They have a pretty good idea because they're um, coding the GLs for those expenses mm -hmm. or they're reconciling the bank accounts. That's what the managers do. So they see the money come in and go out that they pretty much know and can answer, well, that's what's that. That's why that GL is over. Remember the leak we had and it wasn't enough for an insurance claim? Mm -hmm. It got posted there. That's mm -hmm. why we're so over in repair and maintenance or whatever. But so it's less contentious that way sure. as well. Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, I hear a lot about the conflict between the accounting department and the managers. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't want that conflict. So we spread the accounting love across several parts of our company. Spread the accounting love. Spread the accounting love. I like that <laughs> a lot. Um, what challenges have you had with your managers and kind of, because it, it, it takes a, sp a specific mindset to really be able to understand the accounting side of things. Um, so have you had a lot of challenges and challenges in getting that education to your managers? Do you look for folks with a certain yeah. level of financial literacy or mm -hmm. what? No, not at all. As a matter of fact, we, we don't hire from within the industry. First of all, there's not a ton of them out there. Sure. Yeah. So we kind of bring them in at the entry level and, and raise them up to a manager level. Um, but my attitude's always been, it's not math, it's numbers, it's a story, it's telling. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's your job to help the board understand what that story is. Mm. So I think the biggest thing that my managers get a little challenged with is some of the reserve mm -hmm. fund accounting, which way it goes. Right. Um, but you all have made it really easy with the Vantica product to, to make that happen. They don't have to worry about it um, about is it a debit? Is it a credit? Right. How right. do I reverse it? So, yeah, fund well, accounting good. is a, a fun challenge and just yeah. introducing folks to the industry and then throwing that layer to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We definitely see that as well. Yeah. My managers don't think fund accounting is fun at all. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, thank you, first of all, so much for just coming to hang out with us in Wilmington and spending some time with us. Um, we very much appreciate your insights and just your perspective on like working mm -hmm. with the boards and like how you approach your business. It's very insightful for, for us sure. to, to, to see that and try to incorporate some of those perspectives into the way that we do business. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. It's always yeah. a pleasure and y'all have always have something new and fun to share with us. So great. Like the sun. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we dialed in the weather um, specifically. So so that's fantastic. Yeah, we'll maybe walk downtown, find something good to eat, maybe find a good Mexican restaurant or something Sounds like great. that. And maybe get you uh, 
little lubed up before you head on your flight home, huh? A little margarita for the that five-hour flight. Six-hour, oh. five hours? Seven. Seven. Oh. Seven hours of flight time. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for yeah.